Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Once again, send you new on a rocket ship, right up out of space, blasting your head into a thousand smithereens of pieces of fragments of of metaphors of molecules of vast expanding universes, twisting your brain into knots as it consciously evolve. This time, it's serious. So, <laughs> this is part three of Andraki or Andrew Levine's interview with me talking about my strange change, my strange experience uh, with consciousness, uh, mental illness or psychotic break or shamanic awakening, however you want to describe it. Uh, Talking about um, my peyote trip, which gave me a whole different perspective on, on the events that happened 15 years prior. Also talking about having telepathic communication with horses because who doesn't want to do that? And also about the dark period, which which came as part of this. Links to Andraki's uh, projects, so you can check him out. Uh, or if you want to go directly, you can check him out at steamit.com. So that's steamit with two E's, steamit.com slash at Andraki, A-N-D-R-A-R-C-H-Y. Uh, of course, check us out on Steamit as well, the, at Paradise Dash Paradox and me at Churdzu, C H U R D T Z U. You can check all that in the description in the show notes as well. Uh, and if you like the show, remember be generous. Uh, jump on to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. We appreciate all the donations when they come in. You can give by PayPal, send us a few bitcoins, uh, open up your heart chakra and let that light just beam right out to show you how much. You appreciate what we're doing here. We love it when you do that. We get down on our knees and uh, imagine your feet in front of us so we can kiss them to show you that we really love it. Uh, it does. Re- it really does make our day when when uh, we see a couple of little dollars in there in our in our Bitcoin wallet or in in our PayPal account. So please head on over to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Uh, remember. Neither of us are medical professionals. This isn't supposed to be medical advice, psychiatric advice. If you do have problems, seek out people you trust uh, and to to try to get help and and uh, get you back in a, in a healthy or at least stable frame of mind. So let's get into it. Previously on The Androarchy Show. So you're talking about my article about uh, mental illness or how to how to uh, take advantage or, or what to learn from um, from a mental illness or from a from an unusual state of mind. We could say it's not an illness because it's not like there's a lesion, there's no abrasion, there's there's nothing physical that you can identify. They don't do that. They analyze it through behavior. So it's it's more of a behavioral issue than than a, a physical issue. People said, "Well, we have this we have this theory or this hypothesis, and it seems reasonable, um, and you know we expect the data the, to be filled in later. We'll color color it in later, um, and you know they keep expecting that, but that's not necessarily what's happened. That's just what everyone's assuming. The fact is." Um, like a lot of these things uh, people would describe as delusions, but some, some of the things that happened, I would say, were actually true. Um, it's just that I got a little carried away um, and, and, uh, and 
started to think, well, if if you know, if these things that I've been taught uh, are firm and are laws and that you know can't can't happen, are actually happening, then I have to assume that everything I know is wrong. Which was it sent me a little bit over the edge. Episode three. What were you doing when the experience began? Do you remember? Yes. Yes. No, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I just want to answer your, your previous question first because there's one more model which is uh, even more unusual than the Kundalini thing, but I think for the, for the sake of completeness, I have to include it. So um, when, when I took peyote a, a couple of months ago, I had this, this experience or hallucination, whatever you want to call it, uh, of, of contacting some beings which are apparently no, not of this earth and uh they they told they said to me oh we hope you like the gift that we gave you um and the gift was actually them installing this program in my head which affected me 15 years prior which was this this strange change this this uh psychotic experience or spiritual awakening so <laughs> So I'm not sure how seriously people want to consider that, but Option it's, three. it's on the table. <laughs> the way I would reinterpret that from the viewpoint of my own personal philosophy, which is not to say that I'm saying I'm right, which is that that could be a representation of maybe our evolved mechanisms, or maybe that's kind of the collective consciousness communicating with you as in that is a gift that humanity has give, gave to you 15 years ago through the process of millions of years of evolution and then the way your brain deals with that is by symbolizing them into organisms that resemble us but are different because in order for you to view it as perhaps a positive experience you have to disconnect it a little bit from ordinary humans. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I get, this is just making shit up, theorizing. <laughs> but that's how it kind of, that's, that's the way I view that, is like, I find it probably unlikely that it's actual aliens, but it could be metaphorical a- aliens or symbolic aliens or, or beings or interdimensional beings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't really know. Pers- personally, I think it's more likely that there that there are such beings that can communicate with us. Um, but you know, there's no way of really knowing. What was the next question? It was about what was I what I was doing. Yeah. What were you, What were you actually doing at the time? Or is it not even interesting? Uh, it's It's kind of interesting. So I remember I was 17, um, and. Uh, I was walking home after an, a night of underage drinking, uh, and the, the that's sun what did it. Come up, sorry. That's what did it. <laughs> Don't underage I, drink. I, I didn't think that that was entirely related. I mean, there may have been. Um, uh, I probably smoked some marijuana that night as well. Maybe that had something to do with it. Well, I've and, done those things too, and I never had a experience. <laughs> no, but these things affect different people in different ways. Um, and you know, it is, it is a psychoactive. So, um, 
anyway, so uh, yeah, I was walking home in my hometown, and uh, I ha- uh, I'm walking across this bridge, and this is this is a small town, so there's the, there's some farms around. There's a horse, um, of, well, there's a bunch of horses um, just over the fence next to the bridge, and, and I suddenly thought. I'm going to go over there and talk to that horse. Um, Spontaneously, there's nothing... uh, uh, I mean, I can't think of any reason why that would enter my head. I wasn't still drunk or uh, I wasn't wasn't very inebriated. Um, Though, you know, I was still relaxed, I suppose, from from the alcohol. but but that wouldn't be a thought that would normally enter my head. Like I'm going to go t- talk to a horse. I don't I don't know why that came up. But um, so I went over and and uh, had this conversation with the horse, me speaking, and the the horse um, sending me uh, like telepathic messages. So <laughs> um, so you were a- t- from your perspective, you were talking to the horse. Yes, and the horse was talking back. Yes, from my perspective. In in English, or I, were you I just was talking in English? And and the horse was apparently receiving the thoughts that I was putting out, and, and transmitting thoughts back. Was, so um, w- w- the way it was translating thoughts back was it tra- was it transmitting thoughts in English, or was it no. like a pure thought? Pure thought. Oh, okay. And that that's something that like. Like I mentioned to you, the change between linear thinking and conceptual thinking, um, because it's uh, it's a lot harder to think conceptually if you're limited to to thinking in words. And a lot of people do, well, at least they claim to only speak, uh, only think in words. Of course, they can think in images as, as well, but then thinking in pure thought, which is some, something a little lower level perhaps not um not everybody knows how to consciously do that uh, at least from from the conversations i've had um so that's that's interesting of itself so you know even if uh we assume that i wasn't having a telepathic conversation with the horse it's i'm still getting these concepts which aren't in words and, and you know that's interesting um um, so yeah, I remember I talked to the horse for a while, um, and, uh, made friends and, uh, I, w- I went home and I was lying in bed and I, I did feel the, this, uh, this intense energy, this intense ball of energy somewhere around the base of my spine, um, or in between my, my crotch and my, and the base of my spine. Um, this huge ball of intense energy. Um, and I guess I've felt things similar to this during meditation, but nothing quite that intense or, or blatant. Um, so that was that was interesting. I can't remember exactly what happened after that. Most people, I think, might respond by going, okay, you were crazy. And <laughs> And when I was thinking about this, I'm like, what does that mean? Like crazy is this word like God, where people use it to describe something that they don't understand, that's just too yep. complex or something. But then they act like by using the word that they've somehow explained it. 
crazy doesn't mean anything. Like you can't just go, oh, well, you went crazy. Okay, but what does that what what does that mean? Like, what are we yes. talking about? And that's what we've been talking about. That's what we've been trying to explore. Is you know what is actually happening when you have an experience like this, and mm. and when you do start to delve in, it takes a lot of the, like the mystique and the extreme views kind of away from it, and it starts to look a lot more almost mundane. But really, I think more, it's more interesting. It's like an interesting experience. More, more human. My next question was going to be about the drugs themselves because I think you have a very interesting perspective to give here because you've been on antipsychotic drugs, right? No, no, I never took the drugs. I never took them. Um, I was, uh, I guess I... From from the start, I was ex- extremely um, skeptical about about the psychiatric and psychological industry um, because I, I I thought that they were going to be trapped in this um, in in this kind of box of thinking. They'd been trained to think in a certain way, and they wouldn't be open minded to to really discuss the kind of experiences that I had. And uh, I think to some extent that that prejudice was accurate. Is that because you didn't want to lose the positive effects? You were you were taking into account some some positives of the experience and you didn't want to lose those or Yeah, I get I guess that's that's part of it. Yeah. Um and also, I mean, I, w- I was having this problem. I I would say that that um at the time I said that uh demons were attacking me. They're trying to get in my brain. I'm not sure if I I don't really think that was accurate or accurately describes what was what was happening. That was your flawed way of attempting to communicate what you were feeling inside. Is that Yes. It's like yes. it feels like demons are attacking me, but so you're saying you didn't actually see demons. No, I but but that's I mean no, I I didn't see them. Um, but I did, I did feel things and I interpreted it a certain way. Um, and culturally we have concepts like demons and stuff like that. So it makes sense that you would try to pull from those yes. cultural concepts. Yes. Anyway, the, the point was, I guess, in any case, whether, whether it was demons or just something within me, I, I didn't, I didn't feel right. I felt like I was losing my my energy and and maybe going into a a sort of depression um and um they 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 were saying in a roundabout way like the (laughs) these drugs can treat the demons in your head um and i said well um i i don't i don't think they will because um these these things are going to act on a physical level, but they're not going to act on a spiritual level. I mean, that's that's impossible. They're only the the drugs are only physical. Or to put it another way, the um the the drugs were only going to treat the symptoms without treating the the root cause of the problem. Um, I didn't think they actually knew the root cause of the problem, um, and I'm I'm still of that opinion. Um. So, um, yeah, so I, I decided not to, not to take those drugs. Um, and they had told me 
Um, I don't know if they ever said exactly the words, you'll have to be on these for the rest of your life, but that, but that was the implication because they said, you have to take these and you have to continue taking them. And if you go off them, it's not like if you feel better, then you can go off them and you'll, and you'll just get better. Um, you, you won't. And I said, well, uh, well, obviously that means it's, it's not a real cure. It's just, it's just a treatment or it's like this band-aid solution. Um, and yeah, the, the, they were basically saying that, that I would have to be on these drugs for the rest of my life. And that didn't seem right. And it also seemed like they were trying to make me addicted because one definition of addiction is if, if you need something, if you need to take a drug every day to feel normal, that's a kind of addiction. So I didn't want to be addicted to, a, to well, to any drug. So I didn't, um, that didn't seem like a, a viable solution to me. Yeah, that, that reminds me of uh, TED Talk. I don't know if we talked about it, but um, th- uh, the, it's the woman who has schizophrenia. And mm-hmm. well, so she hears voices. And I, I think she also talked about a more broad movement. I think it's called something like people who hear voices. So they're trying to kind of reframe it as like, we're not crazy. We hear voices. We know they're yeah. not real. And if you go into a place and you say, I hear voices, and they go, well, these pills will stop the voices. Well, obviously, if your biology is such that it causes you to hear voices that you believe to be real, then you have to take the drugs for the rest of your life because the moment, if you stop taking them, your biology will kick back in and you'll start hearing them. Whereas the other approach which she was talking about and I think is part of the broader movement is, If you can learn to understand that the voices are signaling things to you, to your conscious mind about your biological state, for example, that you're undergoing stress. Like now when she hears the voices, she goes, wait, what's going on in my life? I'm clearly feeling stress because that's when the voices get loudest. Now you can continue to hear the voices. You're not fighting your own biology, um, but you're living a, a totally functional, fulfilled, happy life, at least if you can, yes. at least if you have your life in order or whatever. Yes. And, and in that case, I'd even say the, the voices are positive because they're, they're acting as a guide. And this is an interesting thing too, because um, uh, everybody, just about every culture in the world accepts that it's normal to, to, to have things like that, auditory hallucinations or, you know, hearing things seeing things as well, having visions, completely normal. Um, but not in, not in Western English-speaking countries. Um, the, um, or, you know, a, there's a handful of countries which don't accept that. And that tends to be the countries in which um, the voices are negative. Um, so pe- people can hear voices all over the world, but in, if, you, if you're Indian and you live in India... Um, and you start hearing voices, they might even be encouraging. They will, they will help you. They'll say positive things. And, um, and so it's the, this, this other part of perception. When we block it out, when we deny it, when we deny maybe what we really are, um, it's, it, starts, it, it starts seeking expression in other ways and not necessarily positive ones. 
Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can find Andraki, Andrew Levine on Steemit. Steemit with two E's, steemit.com slash at Andraki, A-N-D-R-A-R-C-H-Y. You can find us at Paradise-Paradox and me at Churdzu, C-H-U-R-D-T-Z-U. So find us on there, look us out, look at look us up, give some comments, uh, send send Andrew a message and uh, or a comment and tell him how much you you love his show. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. And uh, remember, if you if you like the show, please we love your donations. It, it makes us feel happy. It makes us feel like we're doing something important and, and interesting to people, entertaining and surprising and amazing. When you go on to donate.theparadiseparadox.com and give us a little tip. Um, so suggest a donation, $1 per episode that you like, but feel free to give more or less. Uh, we will probably experience the same amount of dopamine and serotonin release regardless of how much you give. So please donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Um, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Open your heart, open your mind, and stay open to new experiences. Peace. Thank you.